Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second instalment of Technically Minded, a podcast brought to you by DMW Group, a Cradera company. I hope all our listeners are keeping safe and well in these uncertain times. Um, for those of you that have listened to our previous podcast, you'll know that the purpose of these sessions is to provide an opportunity for colleagues from across our firm to c- come together and discuss business and technical problems that we're seeing from a range of our clients, partners across the various sectors we work in, uh, in the hope that our experiences and our insight uh, are helpful to you, our listeners. So um, I'm your host for today's session. My name is Matthew Greenhalsh. I'm a consultant at DMW Group. Uh, today, I'm joined by three of my wonderful colleagues. Um, so first off, we have uh, Mohammed Syed, who's a managing consultant in our data practice and specializes in data strategy, management and architecture. Hi there. Uh, secondly, Peter Kiernan, managing consultant in our technology practice, specializing in cloud architecture and project delivery. Hi, everybody. And last but not least, Chris Hill, uh, principal at DMW Group and the lead for our agile, agility and adaptive delivery practice, which is affectionately known as A3D. Hi there. So, uh, yeah, thank you. I'm back for a second go. <laughs> Can't get rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, guys. Um, I hope you're all well as well. And uh, yeah, raring to get into the details. So. Uh, today's point of discussion focuses around uh, data analytics uh, maturity and its importance in supporting organizations to realize their digital transformation ambitions. So while that title is a little bit of a mouthful, uh, it's a topic that comes up, I'm sure you're aware, time and time again across a range of clients we work with. Um, and I think we have a really good mix of expertise and experience here to offer some really useful insights to our listeners. So without further ado, let's kick off. Um, with what feels like the natural starting point, and that is to obviously uh, outline and discuss what we as a group think uh, data and analytics maturity means to us in our respective areas. Um, so it feels, if I could come to uh, yourself, Mo, to start with, please. Yeah, definitely. Um, so so I think I think data analytics, you know, maturity is, is a term that means different things to different people. Um, it has, it, it means different things to businesses, depending on what they're trying to achieve. And also it means different things to specialists in the space, um, depending on the background they come from. So, you know, whether you're a cloud person or a data person or someone interested in advanced analytics, it can, it can take different meanings. I think the main point to, 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 to bear in mind with data analytics maturity is it is multifaceted um, by definition. So in order to be good at data analytics, you really need to bring together a number of different disciplines across technology and cloud, the way your business is organized, um, the sort of skills and culture and attitude within the business, and also how you determine and measure success. So to be good at data analytics um, and to be mature as an organization, I think the first point to understand is it it is a multifaceted topic and it's important to understand which of those faces of maturity matter to your organization. Um, I think the second point then is is to to have a clear definition of what maturity means in the context of your business. So, you know, a definition of data analytics maturity could be that to be mature would allow you to leverage your data assets with you know mature capabilities in analytics, data, cloud, et cetera, to be able to deliver new business solutions with agility and confidence, for example. So maybe your business strategy is to, is to develop, you know, to, to digitalize and to develop new applications and new services. So what data analytics maturity means to you is the business being able to come together and collaborate and deliver data powered solutions with confidence and with speed. Um, and sort of enabling frontline innovation um, and change. 
Um, so that's the second point. I think the third thing um, where the definition becomes interesting is whether it's whether maturity to your organization means just being mature with your own data or whether it's about being mature in being able to use data from outside the organization. So is it just about you know being able to marshal data produced within your business or um, does maturity also include the ability to bring in open data sources and external data sources and maybe share data from other organizations and with partners um, as part of that solution development. So I think the, the key point for me is it, it depends. Uh, every organization has to define data analytics maturity for itself, but it is multifaceted, not just technological. Um, it, it's important to have a clear view of what the outcomes of maturity would feel like for your business. And it's important to think about whether it's just your data or other people's data you're talking about as well. Yeah, absolutely, Mo. Yeah, thank you for that. I, I completely agree, actually. I mean, I think that the cloud architect's view on this is is really, it's simply about getting that right data uh, alongside, of course, the, the latest and greatest tooling into the hands of users. Now, you know, this needs to be delivered, you know, quickly, you know, without compromising on security, whilst meeting, you know, any operate uh, organizational uh, compliance needs. Um, and it needs to be done without costing the earth. I mean, I, I think that's absolutely true. Um, for me, I think personally, the, the real challenge today is, is how do we practically harness the power of the cloud in conjunction with those existing business processes um, and controls to deliver those services faster than ever? Yeah, it's really interesting to hear you both uh, chat through that. I really like the idea more of the faces of data because Certainly when we're working in an agile way, actually objective data becomes a real powerful tool for internal teams. So as well as uh, enabling data and providing data uh, out as part of a product or a service, um, it's, it's really useful for a team to get hold of that their own data, that the data they produce through the process of delivering uh, a, a product uh, to enable them to start taking decisions or taking changes in directions. And actually, you know, that that objective data plays out at many different levels. You know, clearly there's a there's a customer viewpoint, you know, we we're providing products where we want to collect perhaps usage information uh, from from customers. Uh, so we want to make sure that you know we're, we're collecting collecting the right data. But also, as I sort of started off, it, it's really important to unlock teams. You know, the, the data can be used uh, to to measure um, you know teams' throughput. Uh, and having that as objective does two things. You know, it means the data it, it sort of supports faster decision taking, but also starts giving some early warnings around potential impediments or or blockers or things that might consistently trip teams up or be slowing teams down. So there's some some real value that we would look to unlock there, particularly if you if you when we're talking about a maturing uh, data view and usage by teams. It's also important for, for leaders and, and in fact, you know, out to shareholders because, you know, leaders should be starting to track uh, against strategic uh, data. So, you know, they, 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 there's, a, there's a concept around identifying metrics that matter. 
And this is all about uh, ensuring that if you're going to put metrics in place as a senior leader, that it that it aligns to your strategy, because that then, if you're measuring that data against your strategy, um, it, it becomes really powerful. It allows you to take decisions to sort of knock out potentially uh, usage of delivery capacity that's not taking you immediately towards that strategic direction, but also shows if that strategy is working uh, from the point of view of, you know, uplifting customer uptake, decreasing wait times on a, on a call center. Um, so metrics that matter and having the key data points that, you know, align to your customers' needs. And by customers, that might be your internal uh, partners, we tend to call them, your internal partners, but ultimately uh, colleagues in your enterprise to whom you are delivering uh, services, but also your external customers. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Um, already some really interesting points that discussed. I think um, uh, particularly what kind of stood out was the, the idea that, you know, it's not just the importance of collaborating with and using data properly, but understanding the, the right data to use, um, especially when you think of the, the kind of increase in the large data sets available to, to various organizations, both internally and exter uh, externally. I mean, Mo, you talked about open data is, is one of the kind of big topics at the minute. So, um, but that's a, a point we'll come on to in a little bit more detail later, just as a teaser. Um, so uh, we, we've discussed kind of what our understanding and our definition of, of data and analytics maturity is. So I think it feels logical if we, we start looking at some of the obstacles and challenges that, that the organizations we work with face um, that ultimately hinder the, the realization of data maturity. So um, I, if I could come to you first, Chris, just given your experience in kind of business and cultural transformation across the, the various agile implementations you've looked at, I think that'd be a good starting point. Yeah, of course, yeah. I, I, for me, it's really interesting, actually, that uh, you know one of one of the things that we really aim to achieve, certainly when we're helping uh, clients go through uh, a digital transformation, is how they can get information to flow horizontally across their organisation. Lots of you know all, all large enterprises tend to be vertically driven, um, and I don't know if anyone's read Team Topologies. It's a really interesting book about uh, how organisational uh, information flow will, will sort of uh, follows Conway's law, so it'll flow up and down a, an organisation. And in fact, it, it goes on to say that you know you align your organisation, that will force the data, the information to flow that way. I I, I do see a strong correlation between uh, data flow in an organisation and uh, you know the the organisational hierarchy. So. You know, I'm not saying it's easy that easy for data to flow within a vertical, but but it tends to flow more smoothly in a vertical, and and part of what we're really keen to try and unlock for clients is how we can get that information flow. Like Mo said, you know, maybe it's external data that actually you could map onto um, onto a data set that allows that more. It unlocks extra value. I think there's a really good example. Um, there's a there's a an exercise tracking uh, app Strava, uh, and actually, you know, one of the things that they've done to their data is, um, you know, they, they've got. If you want to plot a route, you you can plot routes now um, within Strava, and actually, it uses the most popular route. So, so if you're a cyclist, you know, it it it's 
helps you as a user find the less busy routes through the data sets that they've they've brought together. So they've got the map data, but they've also got all the richness out of the data that they've had uploaded from, from their customers. So that's sort of starting to get information flowing and sharing more, more horizontally. Um, the, the other things that we classically bump into is that, uh, you know, enterprises, uh, as, as technology is adopted within an enterprise, it tends to be adopted in one place first. Uh, so classically, you know, there'll be a, perhaps there might be a trading uh, part of an organization. They'll have a bit more cash and, and they'll want to sort of go and invest and exploit some of the latest uh, technologies and, and data. So they almost end up with, well, in many instances have ended up with a shadow IT uh, organization where they've sort of started their own homegrown data project. So there the challenge is, how do, how do, how do you uh, unpick uh, what started off, uh, you know, in, in one part of the organization and enable it become, you know, scale it so that it, it's, uh, there's uh, the economies of scale across the organization. Another thing we bump into quite frequently, especially within the agile world, especially when we're starting to focus in on metrics that matter. One example um, is uh, we were we were we had a metric whereby we were doing a data migration, uh, sorry, application migration from a, 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 a mega data center into the cloud. Uh, and we started off heavily reliant on data in our content management database, CMDB. But actually, part of what we ended up doing, because we identified the metrics we were going to use as a, to create a burn down, we realized actually the quality of, of the data within the CMDB wasn't reliable enough for us uh, to start off with um, to, to really do those metrics uh, justice. So, you know, part of it was actually helping the organization improve the quality of their data before we could start using it. Um, so, so there's some interesting. Uh, we, we found some interesting, you know, work there. Um, we've also, you know, as when we're we're building products and when we're working with uh, teams that are looking to move to, uh, you know, agile ways of working, the proliferation and the volume of data um, has significantly changed. You know, we've got real-time data that, you know, we're capturing uh, that, that can potentially unlock uh, operational inf information. It's trying to get ahead of, you know, if we start seeing patterns in that data that starts indicating a, a service or a system might be failing, um, but, it's, but it's knowing what those patterns might be. Um, and also, you know, with strong data um, and, you know, regular you know, keeping the data up to date from an operational point of view, you can start tracking, you know, where the products are failing most, you know, most likely failing. So if you're getting lots of calls, for example, around customers asking for login resets, uh, and that at the moment is a manual process that flows through, you know, your support or stroke operations desk. Um, there's a real opportunity there to um, to work out if you can automate that. So you know that that's that's what I have been seeing most recently uh, in in a push towards digital transformation from a data point of view. Yeah, and I think I mean to be honest, Chris, I think that there's there's so many 
you know, great kind of observations and points in there. If I was just to kind of pick up on a couple, I'd, I'd say a lot of those points, I think, kind of come back to the lack of a clear data strategy. Um, so I think a lot of organizations don't have a clear understanding of how you go from, you know, the metrics and outcomes that matter and what the sort of tangible and intangible impact of data analytics maturity would be on your business and connecting that back to the sort of critical business processes and workflows for which data analytics would make a huge difference. So whether it's interacting with customers or whether it's um, you know, more, more back-end processes or whether it's new things that they'd like to do, they don't have a clear understanding of how you go from business outcomes to business processes and then into what does the current state of data and IT look like? So how easy is it currently for me to find the data I want? What's the state of that data? How complex is the data landscape? And how does that hinder us from being able to deliver to these use cases and realize these outcomes? So the, the, the first observation I've seen is often there's just a lack of a clear data strategy that just takes you on the journey from this is the outcome, this is where it's going to arise in the business, this is the current state of data IT, and therefore the capabilities we need to stand up, such as data quality, governance, et cetera, need to be X, Y, Z to realize that. So just, just that whole kind of picture of bringing it together often doesn't exist. And I think the other barrier I've seen is just related to that, a lack of understanding of what data analytics maturity actually involves. So a lot of businesses, I think I think you, you touched this in, on, in some of the stuff you mentioned, was some businesses think, well, you know, if, if I bring cloud into my business, I'll become mature, or if I adopt agile practices, I'll be mature, or, you know, if I recruit people with certain skills like data science, that will increase my maturity. But actually, off the back of that clear data strategy, and understanding the capabilities involved in, in being able to do that. That again is, is often missing in terms of where do we really need to invest? It, you know, do we have a skill shortage? Is it that our technology and data estate is too complicated? Do we just not have access to the types of services we need to build the applications we want to build? Um, and then I think besides those two, there's then some more on the ground issues you tend to find. So, you know, legacy complex uh, data and IT estates, for example. So lots and lots of silos of data, archaic systems, data stored in formats and, and processed in ways that uh, just aren't suitable now. So historically, most data has been brought together in sort of big monoliths and held in structured sources. And actually now there's a need for the business to store and use its data quite differently so that the existing estate doesn't quite allow that to happen. And that's, I think, uh, Peter, I'm sure, will talk more about that. Um, but, but then I think that there's also sort of, you know, paradigm and design blockers. So for many, many years within businesses, the, the, the sort of paradigm or the rule was to centralize all of your data. So what you did was you built the enterprise data warehouse and you brought all the data together into that. And it was in a set schema and you sort of knew what you wanted to do with it. And obviously we moved from there towards data lakes that were more unstructured. But now the paradigm shift seems to be to move away from these idea, the idea of enterprise sort of data monoliths and moving more towards um, sort of agile development of, of bespoke services, right? So if, if there's a business team that wants to build a, a certain product or application with data, uh, they don't need to rely on, you say, IT or the CDO office. That business team is empowered uh, to go and build their entire end-to-end -end stack. So I think that's also a challenge of sort of introducing new paradigms and new models of delivery and changing cultural attitudes in terms of how data products are built 
um, and, and how they're sort of deployed and managed. So, so I think, you know, there's sort of top level challenges around a lack of strategy and a lack of understanding of what it takes to be mature. But then there's also some very real challenges on the ground around the complexity of IT and data estates and the sort of design paradigms and, and behaviours you tend to find within, within organisations. Yeah, thank you, Mo. Um, I think from my experience, it's, it's important to, to analyse and agree on the level of data maturity prior to something like a, a cloud migration project, for example. And this is because of many of the examples, actually, that both yourself and Chris have just mentioned, because from my experience, they are surprisingly common. Um, and I think where, you know, this is an area that has perhaps, you know, been underinvested uh, in the past, then actually ensuring that this has been identified and agreeing that remediation plan you know, alongside the support of a steering committee, for example, is so important. Um, I think to bring this to life, um, when you ask clients about the cloud, you know, they will typically tell you about the new features, the ease, the speed, you know, the ability to have an improved security posture, uh, the ability to rapidly respond to customer demand, and, you know, of course, reductions in cost. You know, these are principles that cloud is so frequently sold upon. However, data governance and, and data management, that those items are rarely mentioned first. Um, and obviously, I mean, for me, this is really surprising because clearly data is at the heart of every business. Um, from my experience, you know, the most successful clients, you know, they ensure that their CDO, for example, is a key contributor to a program, to any change program. Um, this can really help open doors um, and accelerate maturity. It's pretty key. I think that's, again, you've all touched on it. It's a really interesting point that, that data kind of should be at the heart of a lot of business decisions, but it, it often isn't. Um, I think just to kind of segue a little bit to our, our next point, but we we touched earlier on how uh, data analytics, which just it, it's not about focusing on, focusing on all data, but... Um, having the maturity to focus on the right data. So I think drawing on those experiences, you've just kind of talked to then around the migration experiences that you, you can draw on. Um, if we could just kind of talk about how uh, the maturity of data and the, the maturity around understanding the types of data you're analyzing can support the wider digital transformation. So I think an, a nice lens to look at this through would be the kind of inherent cyclic relationship you see between data analysis and uh, the change or product development, whatever it is that that drives. Um, so I think, could we just mix it up and just start with yourself if that's all right, Mo? Yeah, th thanks, Matt. Um, so so I think I think the key um, word there was cyclic or cyclical um, in terms of there's now a cyclical relationship between what people are building with data and the type of business demand that that data is generating. So, you know, historically, um, what the business did didn't change very often. And so the demand for data and the types of things you did with data were reasonably static and the solutions you built like warehouses or reports had quite a long shelf life and they didn't change very much because the, the types of business activities you needed to do didn't change much. But now I think what's happened is the, the, the actual things you can build using data is now having a cyclic back and forth relationship with the way the business operates and the type of intelligence you can do. So as 
capabilities within businesses grow and they can do more intelligent things with data, that's making people reassess the way they interact with each other or perform certain processes or making the business take a slightly different view on, on activities. So I think the key, the key point is what, what, what people are building with data in terms of data products are now continuous data products. So the idea of building a suite of reports or a warehouse and that remaining static for you know, the next five or 10 years, that's really gone away. And it's really about business-led continuous development. And that involves a number of things. First of all, the business, particularly frontline business users, they have to become a lot more familiar with things like agile and DevOps because they have to be more familiar with the idea of continuous development and continuous release. So the organization needs to sort of rethink the way it goes about planning and delivering these sorts of products. Um, also, it's important as a business to try and decentralize capabilities like cloud data analytics more into the front line. And rather than having a transactional relationship where a business user comes to, say, the CDO's office and says, I want you to help me build a solution, the capabilities are in place to allow the business itself to self-organize and go and build those sorts of products. Um, and, then, and then I guess the, 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 the final bit is the importance of foundational services to make sure that data is trusted, secure, available, discoverable, et cetera, to enable that sort of activity. So, so I guess for, for me, the, the key point is businesses have to realize that data products and the things you build with data are no longer strategic and long-term. They're continuously developed and they have to be led by the business. And that has an implication on the way you plan and deliver things, but also the types of capabilities and culture you need. Um, so if I could just come in there, Mo, I think there's a, a real theme there around, you know, constant development and ultimately changes. And for me, that word really stood out. I think cloud projects are synonymous with change, whether this is creating a new capability or indeed migrating an existing workload. For me, I think these types of projects do present clients with the opportunity to increase their maturity broadly. Um, but especially uh, with regards to their data maturity. Of course, there are many different tools and services out there which can help achieve this greater level of maturity. And these are both native to the major cloud providers, but also to COTS providers as well, or COTS products as well. I think evaluating these closely against the needs of the business and actually maybe testing these as part of a proof of concept can actually be really powerful. Yes, uh, it's interesting to hear you both talk through those things. I mean, uh, it almost ties us back into the multifaceted uh, nature of, of the data, you know, hearing about continuous delivery and, and the change. And, um, you know, as, as we move, as organisations, enterprises move to product-led delivery, uh, one of the things that uh, you're really keen for the enterprise to do is make sure that they have, they're taking decisions at the right level within the organisation. So what do I mean by that? I mean that, uh, you know, it's no longer, decisions are no longer driven by your senior leaders. Uh, decisions are driven by teams. And in order to make those decisions, they need to have access to objective data. So actually, the, the the data, you know, whilst it's uh, it's also supporting sort of customers, your your end users of products. And to be clear, when we talk about end users, these might be uh, internal customers as well, because Joe in accounts might just as easily be a, a customer as Sarah using your digital app. 
Uh, and this is all about making sure that the, the right information is in, in their hands to be able to uh, satisfy the task that they're completing. And actually, if we sort of step back, data then becomes a thread through the whole organization. And actually, when we're in a product world and you start talking about North Stars and uh, objectives and key results, there's sort of you're using data there to define, if you like, to measure your strategy. Um, your strategies around your North Star, but then you want to identify leading indicators and your senior leaders then start managing indicators. Are we on track? Are we behind? behind? Uh, decisions can be taken by senior leaders at the strategic level, but then the data within your teams and your product teams and the services that they're running, that whether they're collecting those from you know, the, the team's throughput or whether it's coming from, you know, lead times, cycle times, uh, number of issues captured in uh, automa automated data logs. They're then enabled and empowered to take decisions within the team that then allows them to improve their product. And ideally, coming back to this concept of data being the string running through the organization, uh, allows teams to see, have a direct link and see how the work they're doing uh, is moving the dials on senior stakeholders' dashboards. So there's, there's, you know, it truly does tie, data does truly tie the organization together. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I, th I think it's really interesting to, to see the kind of wide uh, range of, of business areas and use cases that you've each covered in your different areas. And obviously, you know, the, the theme of, of today's conversation and what's coming out from the conversation is that um, for all of them, you know, maturity of data analyt analytics is a key driver of change and development. So, yeah, it's really interesting to hear that. So, um, thank you. I think the, the other point I'd make, and uh, I'd say our listeners have probably noticed this, is that there, there is a bit of an elephant in the room here, which is uh, an area we've touched on probably several times. And that is the kind of inherent link between uh, cloud maturity and our topic today. In fact, I think it was yourself, Peter, that, that mentioned earlier, where um, the implementation of cloud services can be seen as a, a way to ensure that, that data and analytics maturity is a success. But I'm going to go out on a slight limb here and say that I can speak for all of us, but I've seen that that can actually have a detrimental uh, impact on the maturity of data analytics if it's not considered correctly. So I think, uh, you know, given your proximity to cloud architecture and cloud delivery, uh, Peter, I could come to yourself first just to kind of discuss that inherent link between data and analytics maturity and cloud maturity. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I do think that the two are intrinsically linked. Um, I guess when I visualize the, the cloud maturity curve, clients are, you know, striving today to document everything as code. You know, they want all of their services running within containers or on serverless infrastructure. Uh, they would like these services to be delivered via automated CI/CD pipelines that we've already mentioned. Um, data platforms should be provisioned in exactly the same way that they need to be to keep up with the pace um, that the business demands on IT today. It's never been so easy to spin up a data lake, load a data set, and then start to rapidly gain insights using it all. Um, the question is actually, how do clients continue to actually maintain control of their data when it is now so easy to spin up services that would have previously taken months, maybe years? 
How do clients respond to GDPR subject access requests? Who within their organization can access sensitive data sets? How is that monitored? How is that controlled? Um, and I guess more importantly, how are businesses, how can they be sure that they are making the best decisions with the latest view of their customers? Um, and this is talking to the silo point previously. Increasingly, part of our role is actually to try and bring these two distinct disciplines together and help uh, clients mature them rapidly. So I think an example that's you know quite a recent example for me is you know building a cloud solution that can accelerate access for a user like a data scientist who absolutely demands the latest tools, the latest view of the data in a secure and compliant manner. You know this this increasingly isn't an aspiration anymore. This is an expectation that business users place on IT. Um, clients typically that can provide this type of services can actually um, attract and retain the best talents. And this in turn helps businesses gain better insights into their data. Um, you know, the impact can be really, really profound. Um, I just I actually just want to build on um, you mentioned about obviously how advances in the cloud have enabled new types of architectural patterns um, Peter. so you know microservices and, and sort of moving away from this idea of these monolithic business applications towards applications consisting of individual microservices each one on you know serverless architecture and that obviously enables those applications to be highly reusable discoverable and also really speeds up their time to market and actually one of the things that we're now doing with with some of our clients is we're saying well if you take how cloud and application architectures have changed and apply that to your data architecture so if you move away from this notion that all of my data has to come into the warehouse or the lake and then everyone has to come and pick it up from there and actually i'm therefore forcing all of my data to come into a certain schema or a certain location and centralizing all of my storage and compute, which isn't very efficient. And then, you know, then, then the start and then forcing sort of everybody who's building a data product to, to, to build it in a certain way. We're now saying, well, why don't you move away from the data monolith towards the data mesh architecture? And really certainly in the last couple of years, and I think going forward, the concept of the data mesh will be really crucial to the way organizations think of their data. So it's saying instead of centralizing all the data or you know bringing it into the business before you know its value and sort of forcing it into a certain schema it's saying if a business team or a business case arises to use a certain set of data the data solution that you're building whether it's a warehouse or a lake or an application or a piece of an analytics application whatever it is it should be built on the very best technology for that application right and the data should be ingested and stored and computed in a way that's most suitable to that business use case and, and most tailored to the outcome that that specific thing is trying to achieve and actually in the past it had been very difficult to use data in that way but because of the advances in cloud maturity and because of new cloud architectures and new approaches to application architectures it now means that you can really change the way you think about the way data solutions are architected and delivered. So we're working with, our, with one of our clients to say, um, you know, if, if, if a certain business team decides that it needs a reporting and MI solution, for example, let that business team powered through cloud 
go and procure the entire stack of end-to-end -end services they need from the cloud, so storage, compute, et cetera, et cetera, um, and let them engineer and ingest their data in a way that's best for that use case, but then govern and support that in a way that makes sure that that data is then discoverable and reusable and all the best practices like data management, governance, quality, et cetera, et cetera, is applied. So you improve the organization's data through delivery. And actually that quite radical shift in the way you think about how the organization should physically manage and use its data, moving away from the monolith towards a distributed set of you know, microservices and small applications that, that individually make data discoverable. That, that shift in architecture simply wouldn't have been possible without the, the massive shifts that the availability of cloud and new cloud uh, you know, serverless cloud services have brought to the way that applications are architected. So I think it's fair to say that, you know, uh, uh, as the cloud has matured and as the cloud has moved away from infrastructure as a service towards serverless um, services, that's now driving a really big change in the way that data is architected. And that itself is now driving a really big change in, in what's possible from a business perspective in terms of how quickly and how, um, you know, uniquely um, data can be used for specific business cases to, to, drive, uh, to drive change. Um, now, it's really interesting to hear you talk through that, Mo, because, you know, definitely we see as we're starting to build products now, um, you know, actually part of a definition of done or, or what we're looking to surface are APIs that allow access to data in particular products. So it becomes part of uh, surfacing information that's, that's uh, you know, collated in a product. Almost part of what you develop as you're delivering a product is ways to share the data with other potential interested parties in that data. You know, clearly the cloud uh, and the architectures that we're now able to uh, assist clients deploy uh, further enable that. And, but, I, but I think the interesting thing from a product point of view is actually um, Nike started this thinking about minimal viable compliance. So within data and data maturity, it ties into, you know, making sure you've got the right wraps around that data and, and that your information security is at the right level within the cloud. Now, the danger there is, and uh, this is something that I've seen see quite frequently, is that as soon as you start saying to, and maybe less so now, but certainly, you know, as soon as you start saying, oh, we're going to hold some data in the cloud, you know, there's a lot of people who get really concerned around that and they want to lock it all down. And, you know, I accept that there is certain data that you probably do need very heavy uh, lockdowns around. Uh, however, if you if you start thinking about a minimal viable compliance approach to your data, then you should be able to surface and make available uh, to to other consumers of data within your organisation uh, the the less um, the less. Uh, secure data, I suppose, for want of a better way of putting it, that that, that allows that horizontal communication of data to, to really start. Now, over time, you're going to want to increase the level of compliance, perhaps, that allows, um, you know, different types of data that your organization might hold uh, to flow between between applications but it gives you gives you the opportunity uh, to define apis and define proper communication channels 
you know, that play into your your cloud maturity solution. You know, there may be some data actually you would never necessarily, uh, depending on what it looks like, you know, push it, put into the cloud early. But over time, as your compliance if you like, the security perimeter of your uh, cloud solution uh, increases, grows higher, uh, you know, it, it and unlocks uh, further potential of the cloud. So I think I think that is what we have been seeing around uh, lots of the product thinking and the product design um, in, in the spaces I've been working in. I think uh, it's clear there's a lot more here that we could go into but i am i'm sorry to say that just bring us neatly to the end of, of this session guys sorry to disappoint um uh, incidentally however so that the next kind of talking point for our podcast which will be scheduled for uh release in mid-december will be around the, the technical business and environmental benefits of cloud maturity um so if that last topic was of particular interest to our listeners then obviously keep your eyes out uh, for that next month um like we said, obviously, that there is clearly a lot more that we could talk about here. So uh, if you do want to get in touch with us to continue the conversation, uh, or if you have any questions specifically for Peter Mo or Chris, uh, you can always get in touch with us at dmwgroup.com forward slash contact hyphen us. Um, and we're always happy to have a conversation and we will ensure that you get a response if, you, uh, if any of the kind of conversation points today have piqued your interest. Um, so all that's left to say is a, a huge thank you to the three of you for making the time to share your views uh, and experiences with all of our listeners today. Uh, hopefully this has been useful and um, thank you obviously to our listeners for listening. Um, so yeah, final thank you and uh, we look forward to speaking to you again. My, my pleasure. Thanks again. Yeah, Thanks, Thank you. Thanks a lot.